the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline Read. in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good Saturday morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm your host, Nick Antonucci, joined today by KC Smith and Jim Crone, KC from our planning department, and Jim Crone from our insurance division. So hello, hello, changing hello. it up a little bit. No got... for an exciting show today. Oh, yeah, insurance. That's grab right. Your, grab your coffee and away right. we go. <laughs> exactly. You know, when, when we we'll bring in, obviously, experts from different uh, departments on each show, and, and the two that I always hope that you can talk the most about are taxes <laughs> and insurance, because they're two areas that I'm the most detached from yeah. in my day-to-day job. So it is nice to have you on here today, Jim, and, well, and be able to kind of help us with some end-of-year insurance planning. You know, the past few weeks, we've kind of touched on some end-of-year tax planning, uh, financial planning for the end of the year. Um, I've chimed in on some of the things from portfolio management that you can do. And, you know, one of the last areas we have to talk about is, you know, your insurance planning right. for the end of the year. So Here we last go. Last but not least. That's right. Exciting stuff in store for today. Well, guys, it continues to be an interesting week in markets as we head to the end of the year. If you've been listening or watching the markets Buckle the for, seat for the last month, yeah, it is. it has been a wild ride. Um, so far this week, it's good though. You know, we're up, we're up, uh, oh, we're up for the year now. We're not up, uh, for the one week. We're still down 1.82%. Um, and we're up 0.83% on total return basis year to date for 2018 healthcare leading the way up 12.71% utilities 11.17. And then you get some of your more discretionary type sectors, uh, consumer discretionary. And information technology up six, about six percent each. So, yeah, that's, those what are, once was the high flying. It's funny you have two defensive sectors followed by two of the more, you know, cyclical sectors yeah, in there. Yeah, and that's I think I guess more middle of the year when we saw the the big rally back from the February declines. Right. Know, technology and consumer discretionary just went leading the, the way. Roof. Yep. Um, but we've seen them come back to the pack quite a bit, and now healthcare and utilities, which are as you mentioned, Nick, more defensive, um, are leading the way year to date um, with, you know, consumer discretionary now up about 6% on the year and information technology, which was, what was the high of the year? Do you know, was it like 25% up? It on had to be close tech? to that. Yeah. 24, somewhere in there. Because uh, now it's only up, you know, 5.81% on the year. So it's pulled back. Quite I mean, a bit. look where the NASDAQ is off its highs and you can see a perfect example of that yeah, quickly exactly. in a chart. Um, the two of the worst performing sectors this year, you've got financials and materials um, at the bottom. Financials down 11%, materials down 13.4%. And that's what you'd expect if you're in a rising interest rate environment. It, it, well, you know, that, but also there was a lot of talk in the beginning of the year that you would get a steepening of the yield curve, which would be good for banks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that obviously, based on those numbers, has not really come to fruition. And, and if you have been listening to the show, last week we talked about a slight inversion of the yield curve. You have the three-year yield more than the five-year. Yeah. Um, and it really, the yield curve remains very flat. Yeah. So you you don't have banks getting that steepening oh. yield curve that benefits them. Yeah. Um, and then materials. You've had commodities that that have been struggling. It's you know it's a 
good thing to talk about right now, and we can kind of relate this into what's going on globally. You've got uh, the ECB came out, and they cut their growth estimates today. Uh, we record the show on Thursday. So on Thursday, ECB came out, cut their growth estimates, um, announced that they're formally ending their bond buying program. Now there's still no talk of when they're actually going to start raising rates. Honestly, where we are right now, I don't I don't know when they could possibly do that. Well, and that's the thing that we've talked about before you know, on this show and with clients is that that's the, one of the, the vulnerable areas we see with Europe is that if we do go into a recession domestically, which we're overdue for, they're really not going to have any way to combat. I mean, that's obviously going to bleed over into Europe and the international markets, and they're not going to have any tools at their disposal to, to combat the recession. Yeah, so, we're the only ones really tightening in, in terms of raising rates. Yeah. And, you know, on that topic, well, first to finish up my thought on, on Europe, you of them not being able to raise rates anytime soon, you've got Germany and Italy, both, both in the third quarter, uh, reported an economic contraction. So I don't see how you can really raise rates no, it's in not a, a situation good, good place like that. to be when you're uh, contracting and then trying to, to tighten the money right. supply. So. And then we had an uh, important vote this week um, in regards to Brexit, keeping Theresa May as prime minister. Um, she remains. Yeah, were you surprised by that at all, home. Nick? Uh, I mean, I think kinda... the final vote was like 200 to 117, so um, I, I figured it probably would have been a little bit closer. But I still don't know. It's hard to say what's going to happen with the Brexit because, you know, a hard Brexit – and, and – Obviously, it could be very detrimental, but I think Europe kind of wants to try and make it. The, the European Union wants to make an example of them to say, "Yeah, hey, for for yeah. those of you who are thinking about sitting on the following, fence. yeah, yeah, take a look, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is what's going to do to you." Um, so a lot to be seen there. It, it is going to be an interesting ride as we close out 2018, move into 19. Um, trade war concerns still lingering. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a day to day, you know, fluid situation. It really is. The market is so uh, tuned in. Yeah, they they react very quickly to any news at all about uh, mm-hmm. trade trade talks. I mean, just today, being as Nick mentioned, we record on Thursday. Market gave up 200 points in. Yeah, that was up like 260 some points at the high, and yeah, it's like now flat it's now. Flat. So, and that's not been uncommon. We've seen these big mm-hmm. moves day to day. A lot of it due to you know. Relatively insignificant news, but if you mention the word tariff, the market goes crazy well, one direction or and another. I'm curious yeah. to see if it starts taking the approach that for a while there when terrorist attacks became more common, early on, you know, the market would swing anytime yeah. something happened, and then it became kind of immune to it. So yeah. does the market start to discount, you know, these conversations until there's something material happening? Yeah. I mean, um, and if you look rationally at it, I mean, the, the, the tariffs, while – they'll be important to some extent. They're really not going to impact the economy all that much. I mean, no matter which direction they end up going, if they, you know, cut back on some of the tariffs or, or continue to enforce them, um, it's not – the overall impact of the economy is not that significant. Right. So I just, you know, the market kind of overreacts and then has to recorrect itself. In both ways, in both, yeah, in, in both, both ways. Sure. Um. So next week, when we're you know, talking about rates and whatnot, uh, next week we've got our, our December Fed meeting. Seems pretty likely we are going to get that rate increase. It, a lot of people were questioning, oh, is the Fed going to pump the brakes? Was the most, were the most recent minutes a little more dovish? Some comments out of Jerome Powell. It seems like we will get that, that rate increase, that last one for the year, making it our fourth. But expectations for 2019 have really come down. Economists are really like, only expecting two rate hikes next year now. Compared to four, if you look back even a month, two months ago, right. expectations were for four hikes in 
2020. So you you have started to see some some cracks developing in the global economy that that may you know tell the Fed slow up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the the volatility just in the stock market that is giving. I mean, a lot of politicians anyway some grounds to go after Jerome Powell and say, what are you doing? You're yeah. killing this economy. And I mean, especially for, you saw what happened in the midterm elections. We're starting to see how the econo- the economy can impact, you know, the election cycle. And we're going to be coming in on, you know, 2019. We're two years away from another presidential election. Are, right. are we always in an election cycle? Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like it, yeah. A, it's a perpetual, uh, you know, motion. There. That is true. And, uh, and, and another thing is if you look at there's a Wall Street Journal article out uh, today, if you have access uh, to the Wall Street Journal, where it talks about kind of economists expectations. They did uh, uh, an economist poll recently. And it seems like most economists are feeling 2020 is when we're going to have to start cutting rates again. Perhaps that's when, you know, the the next recession is. And, you know, we, we've talked about we think we're late cycle, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily right on the cusp of a recession, another, you know, 18, 24 months, and that kind of lines you up there. So um, it seems like we kind of share the same opinion as far as that goes, but we'll dig into some of the economic releases. Last Friday, which didn't get covered in the previous show, we had uh, the latest employment situation report. 155,000 jobs were added to the economy. Not a great number, enough to keep up with population growth, um, but economists were expecting 195,000. So Bit of a disappointment there. Unemployment stayed at 3.7%. And, you know, some good news is you saw wage growth pick up again, which for the longest time has kind of been the weakness in the employment in the employment picture. Um, also on Friday, latest University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey um, came in at 97.5, basically the same as it was in November. You saw consumer assessment of current conditions improved, but expectations, so forward-looking, uh, that component of it fell. So even consumers seem to be a little bit uh, less sure of what's to come uh, in the months and year ahead. Um, skipping down, we got a couple of inflation data points out for the week. Producer price index, we saw um, rise 0.1% in November. That's compared with a 0.6% gain in October. Um, final demand services were up 0.3%, while goods fell 0.4%. So then you had consumer price index the next day. PPI is kind of a precursor. CPI is what we watch, and it's not even what the Fed uses they use the PCE, but anyway, it's it's a pretty good approximation of what you'll see there. Same thing, CPI was unchanged in November, in line with uh, consensus expectations. Energy was a drag, falling 2.2%, as we all know. Oil prices have been down. We've been seeing that at the pump. Um, so all in all, inflation is relatively in check, still hanging around that 2, 2.2%. Um, year over year. So kind of left off there talking about economic indicators from the previous week and talking about producer price index and consumer price index. And as we go through the week's releases, typically I try and make a point to say whether this is good or bad, or at least, you know, make it, if I don't explicitly say that, you can kind of understand. And inflation are one of those things where it's hard to say, well, is that good? You know, inflation was up 2.2%. Is that good? Is that bad? And, you know, Basically, the Fed tries to keep inflation around 2%, their target range. And as long as we're in the ballpark of that, we're generally happy. You don't want high inflation, super high inflation, hyperinflation, where you know companies can't really predict what they're going to be paying for inputs and how they're going to price their products. And you also don't want ridiculously low inflation or deflation to the point where consumers put off purchases because they know the, the price is going to continue to fall or 
just sitting in cash is better than going out and consuming anything, so they end up putting off consumption. Well, and, and low inflation or deflation actually hurts savers uh, yeah. tremendously. And, and, you know, when we talk about our clients, most of them are savers or they're retired, so they're living off of a large portion of fixed income investments. And, and if we've been in a situation for so long now where you can't really – you haven't been able to earn – much return on fixed income investments, and it's partially a, a function of the low inflationary environment that we've been right. in. Right, and so what the Fed does is that you're going to have easy money policies. They're going to cut interest rates, try yeah. and spur that, you know, that, that people come growth. out. Yeah, growth, borrow more money, spend right. more money, that sort of thing. So that's one of those uh, questions that comes up, um, you know, uh, well, All things in 2%. moderation. Right? Exactly. Is that good or is that bad? Last release we got for the week were jobless claims. Uh, initial claims for unemployment plunged 27,206,000, and continuing claims uh, increased 25,000, but the four-week moving average fell by about 2,500. So all in all, the trend's good there. Uh, employment picture still looks bright. Uh, and interest rates. Last week, we saw a huge jump. This week, it's been almost completely flat. You had the two-year unchanged at 2.7%. You had the 30-year rise one basis point to 3.15%. Uh, on the mortgage side of things, you saw the 30-year uh, mortgage fall 10 basis points to 4.67%. So um, that actually led to a second week of um, increases in mortgage applications, something we haven't been seeing for a while. As you know, the housing market has been shaky to say the least lately, but it right. seems like this pullback in, in uh, interest rates and, and mortgage rates is maybe spurring some people to finally either refinance or kind of get out there and purchase at home, which surprises me. I, sa I said this last week. So let's say the you know mortgage rates came down 10 basis points. How many people does that – oh, jumping. that's that's the number that's where the number, now right. now it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, it, it does seem a little bit arbitrary to look at a small move in, in mortgage rates and think that that would have a tremendous impact on you know consumer sentiment in that regard. Right. But it, but it does. Apparently, there must be some kind of threshold. That the data says at. so, yeah. Um, but yeah. I won't question it, but – Guys, I think it's probably a good time for us to take a quick break when we come back and uh, we'll dive into the financial situation with Jim. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.